Welcome to Was I Drunk, a podcast for the refined, pretentious prick who waxes poetic at parties and who's had more than one smear off ice. I'm your host, Austin Cross, and with me today are... Rayan. Jenkins. Wayne. And today we are going to go ahead and start off like we do every single week with a word from our bar master extraordinaire, Mr. Jenkins. What's on tap? Hey, it's my segment. Today I've made margaritas. Everyone loves margaritas. Margarita it's Monday. Exactly. So this is a very, very simple drink to make. It's three ingredients. It's tequila, some kind of orange liqueur, and lime juice. So it's one and a half ounce tequila. I actually really like a reposado here if you can find one or if you enjoy that as well. Um, You can also flip this out and do a mezcal for more of a smoky margarita. But a, a tequila of any kind that you can find will be fine. One and a half ounce of that. One ounce of orange liqueur. Cointreau is traditionally used. You can use Grand Marnier. I actually particularly enjoy a, a dry curacao here. It doesn't bring so much sweetness to the drink as like a Grand Marnier would, but it does still bring that kind of orange forward flavor to the drink. Three and a half ounce of lime juice. Um, garnish with a lime wedge and a salt rim. It's a very, very easy drink. Shake it over ice, throw it in your drink uh, or your glass, and uh, enjoy it. So what do you guys think of the classic margarita? So the thing about margaritas, and I know I just asked a question. (laughs) Fuck me. But the thing about margaritas is there's like 4,000 different variations out there, all kinds of different fruit blends, blackberry margaritas, and and everything else. This is a very classic margarita. Uh, It's basically a tequila sour. So... What do you guys think of the, the traditional version I've made for you guys? Uh, very good. I like a margarita. Um, talking about different versions. I'm a big fan of a, like a tahini rim on a margarita. Um, Me too. I like that a lot. With fruit margaritas or just a classic one. But it's always good with like a, like a fruit one, like mango. You know, that's always good. But tahini's a big, big hit. It's a margarita. <laughs> is that all you got? It's a, it's a margarita. It's good. Yeah. It, like it a is a, a fantastic vessel for tequila. Absolutely. Tequila makes my clothes fall off, so stay tuned. Jamie's not here to say, excuse me. Nah, that's fair. That's fair. All right, so I want to start off the discussion today, and we're going to get into a heavy topic later. We're going to have a little bit of fun first and off, because, you know, why have a little bit of fun when the sky is falling? Let's do that. Why not have a little bit of fun? So Taco Bell brought back the Mexican pizza. Didn't they? Like a couple months ago? It sold out, like, fucking immediately, and they're bringing it back for good. That's not what we're talking about, though. I want to talk about the fact that apparently South Asians... I actually, I'm going to interrupt, and I actually do want to talk about the Mexican pizza for a second. No, it's going to be about the Mexican pizza, you piece of shit. Let me finish what I was saying. Uh, well, <laughs> it's tequila drink that I made. Okay, yeah, Mexican pizza. No, Mr. Jenkins, cut on in. I actually have something to, to, to interject here, because Mexican pizza used to be far better when when all Taco Bells used to have chives. 
They got rid of fucking chives or green onions, I guess. I'm sorry. It's they used green onions, not chives. It's the same fucking thing. I'm sorry. Well, but, everything's better with green onions. Yeah, the or issue, on top of anything. Agreed, 100. percent But the issue is, is Taco Don't Bell. There was a salmonella issue, and then they got scared, so they they eliminated it from the menu. They they put them in some. They put them in like three or four different burritos or or taco variations. They put them in their um, their potatoes. Their Cheesy Fiesta potato. There it is. Thank you. Um, and they also put it on You're their welcome. Mexican pizzas. And they were so much better. Where the... F- bring back... Hey, hashtag bring back the fucking green onions. Okay, I think um, something that Taco Bell has proven with um, the Mexican pizza and bringing back the potatoes is that if you complain loud enough on the internet, you can get what you want eventually. No, it's a fucking marketing move, first of all. They take it away for a little while, get everybody's dick hard over it, right? Oh, they took away the Mexican pizza! And they bring it back and everyone gets super excited. It's the same thing that happened with Coke in the 80s, right? Coke was doing super shitty for a long time. Pepsi was the new drink. Took away Coke, made it new Coke, and they were like, like, we need Coke back. It's like the McRib at McDonald's. Oh, yeah, yeah. You, you think they can't just make McRibs year-round? There's some special ingredient to the McRib that's only, yeah. like, lasts ribs? for, like, three months? R- ribs. Yeah. Hey. Okay, so. Aaron, if you think that there are any trace of ribs in a McRib. <laughs> I see the bumps. I, I see I, the bumps in the meat. I've been lied to hey, my whole life. Hey, dog, r- real ribs. Don't look like that. <laughs> if you can chew through the bones yeah. of the supposed hey, ribs. Real, real ribs, you don't eat the bones whole. <laughs> so before Aaron interrupted me, I'm going to go back to what I was saying. So Taco Bell brought the Mexican pizza, right, guys? And something I found very interesting about it was the fact that South Asians apparently are the ones that got, like, the most excited. When I say South Asians, I mean Indians. Dots, not feathers. Um, oh, love, apparently. God. Oh, I'm the bad guy. Okay, I'm the asshole. Yes. Because I said it. You, you <laughs> None of us were thinking it. Specifically. Well, how else do you differentiate you, between them? Native Americans? Yeah. By starting, exactly by starting it way. off by calling them South, a- South Asians. <laughs> or so you just acknowledge the fact that they're not Indians in this country. They're Native Americans. Yeah, but I'm most sorry. people colloquially call them Indians. No, I no say Native it's Americans 2022. Well. No one says that anymore. First of all, part. Well, my there's, grandpa. No, there's plenty of people that still call them that, but, and that's probably the nicest thing they call them. Um, so, anyways, though, I'm joking, of course. I did that on purpose for comedic effect, okay? Yeah, but, anyways, um, they were the most excited. But yeah, Indians they, apparently fucking a love Taco Bell because apparently they've got a lot of options that can like fit their dietary restrictions oh, or whatever. Yeah. To be fair, I, th- this yeah, is another vegetarian. point that I was thinking about. Yeah, exactly. When I was thinking about Taco Bell, it's the only fast food option in America, I'm sorry, that you can get a vegetarian option. You can sub every single meat item for either beans, beans or... And, yeah. yeah, I mean, that that's truly is amazing. Sure. I'm sorry. No, and it, it is. And it has been for like a long time. And now, finally, they have acknowledged that and it's like an option you can order things. I think it's called like alfresco or something where they won't Al put fresco, any, yes. where they won't put any cheese or sour cream on on it. Well, on it from yeah. Bronx. Rayanne from Bronx is here tonight to talk about Water. Mexican pizza. Water. Um, has anyone actually had a Mexican pizza? Yes, I've eaten several. No, I've never had it actually. I, 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 I love don't really like them, so oh, just going to say they're better with green onion. <laughs> All right, fine, fine, fine. So that's one thing I, I thought was kind of interesting uh, on the news recently. Anybody else got something else that's uh, kind of fun for him? Nobody? Okay, well, Spain yeah. <laughs> investigated a private taxidermy collection with more than 1,000 animals, apparently back in April here. 1,000 um, taxidermy animals. I've always found that super creepy. 
yeah. So taxidermy is cool in a certain regard. Is, is it? It is in a certain regard. Like if, okay, here's my, okay, this leads into a new conversation on hunting, I guess. <laughs> but it's as cool. far as hunting goes, not a fan of it for sport. I'm sure. fine if you actually respect and utilize all the different components of the animal. And if you are going to do that, why not utilize and respect that animal after its death and actually have it taxidermied in some kind of way because it is not. So a lot of people think that it's like a stuffed skeleton of what they were and whatever. A lot of times it's not. It's basically just their fur and a whole lot of goddamn wire that that holds them together and polyfill. So, sorry. So um, on the topic of hunting, it's a little bit different, but there is, I listened to this um, story by Radiolab not too long ago talking about big game hunting and they were talking about, you know, I don't support big game hunting in general, but it was an interesting perspective because what they were talking about is, so you obviously pay extreme amounts of money to go do this kind of thing. And how that, that extreme amount of money was funding that these wildlife preserves, that these people are doing a lot of the big game hunting on. And, you know, they only allow them to kill off certain animals that are already, you know, sick or elderly or something. But I thought that was interesting. Oh, yeah, that, that brings into light the, like, what's your, you know, what's the, the moral standpoint here? Like, what if we allow some rich dickhead to pay $5 million to kill a animal that is already dying so that we can better fund a, you know, uh, a habitat for these animals to, to thrive in? So, two two separate thoughts. One... I love Radiolab, by the way. Absolutely amazing. But don't listen to them. Listen to us because <laughs> we're the better podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Our subscriber base be, yeah, Beyond that, nice. it also it goes into the whole idea of zoology and whether or not the, you know, does the 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 risk or, or punishment or or negligence of animals or whatever you want to say, does that outweigh the the benefit that it has to it? You were talking about these sanctuaries or these reserves where people are allowed to hunt but the profits actually go back into protecting the wildlife. And maybe this will be a, a, an entirely different topic in the future because zoology in general, I think absolutely could, but it does bring that to mind. You know, what is the, what's the lesser good? What's the, the greater evil, whatever, uh, what's the peaceful evil here? So, well, you look at any, any um, area that is maintained by us as people and you have to get into ideas like with Yellowstone when they brought back the wolves. And it, you know, the wolves took care of the elk population, which allowed basically a whole boom of the biodiversity that used to be in Yellowstone. Well, that's something that we sometimes try to uh, achieve using hunting by allowing like more hunting of elk than we normally would. It's, it, it substitutes culling. So, right. Well, I think um, it's interesting. So we, as as humans, have created these issues. So now we're doing, we have to do all these things to backtrack them and to spend $5 million to kill an elephant so that we can afford to take care of all these other elephants because we destroyed their habitat, you know? Yeah. And I don't know about anybody else, but I love eating pussy. Okay? What? Would you kill for it? Oh, man, I would kill. 
to eat some pussy. I really enjoy. <laughs> I want to look at Wayne's face. I'm looking I'm, for the I'm, segue. Yeah, here. I know. There isn't, really... That's the whole point. I was making a joke. Okay. okay. Uh, not that I like. I do like to eat pussy, but I was just trying to. Make, I was yeah. trying to. Well, make in case joke. any of the viewers were wondering. Yeah, you know, uh, uh, viewers. Ooh, we have a video podcast now. Wow, okay. it's exciting. You're just like out to the it's window. Just, it's just a camera. They just my stream. Face. The, <laughs> just the, dis, the like the disgust level on my. Oh, face I'm sorry, I'm, Wayne. So. For our listeners, just nope. so you know, Wayne does uh, not like to eat uh, pussy. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to go into a different story. No, I was just trying you've to been say sharing nonstop. No, today. no, no, no. So, so, so for the listeners, let's 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 take a poll. Wayne, not a fan of eating pussy. Jenkins, what do you think? I nope, not that. a fan of eating pussy. I, I ran. Now I'm the only pussy eater yeah, at the table yeah. here. Oh, she is. Boy. Never mind. Oh, we have well, another... I meant that you are the only. The oh, only, I'm the only the one. The okay. only carpet muncher so, around here. Dustin. I'm the only one. <laughs> this took a very <laughs> wild turn. Doing a deep muff dive. Your special special zoology. Cut this whole segment. So I want to go ahead and we do were something. On a roll. <laughs> I've decided just now, this moment, without any consultation of my podcast partners, we're going to go ahead and start a new segment. I'm going to call for this week's. Florida man segment. We're talking about the defense for killing a neighbor's rooster. A man said he was in fear for his safety. He killed his neighbor's rooster in Florida. There was a feud where apparently the accused chicken killer um, said he was acting in self-defense. 54-year-old man of Jacksonville spent 30 hours in jail. So a man kills a chicken, his neighbor's chicken, and rooster. claims... Uh, oh, okay. You said chicken a couple his of cock. times. His Whatever. It kills him and says that it's self-defense, correct? I'm reading yeah. that right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So what I'm hearing is that he was in defense from because the cock was too big and too loud for him. Too aggressive. That's an aggressive it. cock. To be fair, roosters are assholes. Okay, so Have you ever first feared of all, for your life? <laughs> have you ever been around roosters? I've been around cocks. Lots and lots of cocks. Nothing but cocks all day for Mr. Jenkins. Um, I just think it's, first of all, I love because it it's in Florida. It's a standing ground, you think, right? He's like standing ground as a rooster, okay? Um, so he said here, I was defending myself. So I'll, I'll read it in his, his accent. I was defending myself, you know, Nick's told the station. I was fearing for my safety, and the chicken died. Nick said he grabbed a nearby stick and accidentally hit the rooster. So he cold-cocked the cock with a rooster, with a Wait, stick. Did he hit it or did he shoot it? You know, he hit it. He grabbed a stick and accidentally hit the rooster owned by neighbor Jason Delfiance in the head, killing the man's beloved pet. So he hit that rooster in the head with a stick so hard, he beat that cock to death. He said he called it a lucky shot. That's what he said. And he ain't sorry that cock is dead. Didn't this lead off with a guy shooting a chicken? No, it said that he killed it. it. Did I say shooting? Uh, I thought you said shooting. Well, maybe I said shooting. I assumed. Violence. I assumed. Yeah, I, why not? I'm a lib. Everything's gun violence, right? Um, <laughs> this is also America. We can't go like five minutes without a mask. Yeah. Somewhere. So he says, then I went into Nick's yard and yelled at him, and he finally came out and said he killed him. That's that's our different voice. I should have used a different voice for that guy. It was Delphiance. Um I'm also curious how you know. You, you said you, you're going to read this in his <laughs> voice. How do you know this person's voice? Okay, first of all, I do my fucking research. Okay. I called him and interviewed him on the radio. Yeah. I don't think you did. On the radio? Yeah. On the radio. <laughs> you, you lied and said that you were a journalist. I did. I said, I said hi, uh, Mr. Nix, this is uh, Austin Cross with KWTPN, and I just want to ask you about your beating of that cop. Your harrowing story of self-defense. Yeah, and I, it really, it really I, drew I, me. I will give you credit for the whole KWTPN. 
BTN, whatever the fuck that, how just, that just came yeah, out I'm fairly good at improvising. You just throw out letters. Yeah, but I, you tell someone expert. to roll out five letters spontaneously, and it doesn't roll out the tongue that easily. Okay, here we go. I got one more quote here. Next thing you know, he calls out the chicken police on me. <laughs> Nick's told Action News, Jax. Jax. What the fuck are the Action chicken News Jax. police? I don't know. Chickens like die every day, people. At churches, Popeyes, and Kentucky Fried Chicken. Really? He was real upset about this. And then the last one, um, I didn't know we had to give it a 21-gun salute, Nick's told Action News Jax. CPR, mouth-to-mouth, you know, or call the chicken ambulance. Oh, he was just really hamming. So the chicken ambulance, the chicken cops, where's the chicken fire department in um, this situation? Sitting around eating chili, not uh, doing jack shit. Tragic. Where's PETA in all of this? Has PETA released a statement? Well, the first animals of all, ate. I usually don't use chicken and PETAs. I use, like, lamb. Oh, my God. Well, and, and second, the animal's already dead, so they can't come euthanize it, so they don't give a shit. Yeah, that's <laughs> fair. That is fair. So, Well, I think that's probably a good place to take a break and hear from one of our fictitious sponsors. In the last few weeks, due to a sharp increase in demand for our patented, fully shapeable metal coat hangers, my marketing department has convinced me we should run an ad. Chris's Back Alley Closet Supply is bringing you the best deal you'll find for hangers. Look, you people don't need to just keep buying our metal coat hangers. We've got velvet, plastic, wood, oxbone, and even bamboo and wicker for our eco-friendly customers. A coat hanger for every occasion. Sweet 16s, proms, quinceaneras, weddings, a night out after the bar, and even the ever-popular family reunion. Get your coat hanger needs at Chris's Back Alley Closet Supply. When plan A and B don't succeed, go with C for the coat hangers. Well, I'll tell you what, my niece really went over the moon for this for her bat mitzvah. She uh, just could not be happier. Uh, What's that coupon code again? Uh, it is Drunk Scramble 10 for 100% off in the following states. South Carolina, Georgia, Florida, Alabama, Mississippi, Missouri, Louisiana, Oklahoma, Texas, Tennessee, Kentucky, West Virginia, Ohio, Indiana, Michigan, Wisconsin, Iowa, Nebraska, North Dakota, South Dakota, Montana, Wyoming, Idaho, Nevada, and New Mexico. 100% off in those states. That's amazing. That's a great offer, code. Thank you for that, uh, that great sponsorship from that partner. No, that is. Absolutely. Thank you. Um, so True we're nationalism. Go ahead. What? Nationalism. <laughs> nationalism. True nationalism. All right. So for our main topic today, we're actually discussing something pretty light, I think, you know. Um, it's going to be three white men and a woman discussing the recent Roe v. Wade decision. Because Does white popular. have anything to do with this? Well, yeah, it can because white men are the ones that make the decisions for everybody's lives. And African-American women, we'll get into this, have a higher rate of death during delivery. So abortion is a pretty keen issue for a lot of people in the African-American community. Uh, but June 24th, Roe v. Wade was overturned. This is the Supreme Court, Supreme Court decision that's been upheld since the 1970s, um, giving a constitutional right to women to seek and have an abortion. So, yeah, here we are now in 2022, and apparently no longer does that constitutional right exist. Um, sad day for the country. Yeah, for sure. And as a consequence, almost overnight, almost overnight, about... You know, half the country states flipped and made it illegal to have an abortion. So well, they had trigger laws. They call them trigger laws correct. in place. Laws that were ready to go, just had to have that decision overturned and be legal. Well, that was only like 
12 or 13, I think, had triggers. But the rest of them, over the last couple of weeks, flipped. So, I mean, you're talking over half the country. That, that's kind of where we're sitting. Um, oh, it's 22, not over half. I mean, 20, yeah, 50 close. states. Yeah. yeah, it's close. You know, I think not even discussing the fact of how this affects abortion is the president this, the precedent this sits for states' control over medical laws as well. Yeah. And the lack of Supreme Court support for saying, oh, well, you can't, you know, at, like Republican people who don't want the vaccine. And, you know, this sets a precedent for something like states to mandate the vaccine Yeah. as well. Well, part of the problem is, and this is just um, going to be an issue we're going to find with a lot of a lot of rights that we have had the the misfortune of relying on the Supreme Court to codify because our political system is not being capable of mustering the votes to codify them into law. We assume that it's there. Yeah. It, it's this idea of there are areas of law where the, where the Constitution does not explicitly state the right, but it's an implied right based off of the right stated in the Constitution. That's what the Supreme Court's been operating out of. Unfortunately now, we've elected enough, not elected, sorry, appointed enough, Supreme Court justices who hold a, what they call, originalist view of the Constitution, where basically if it does not state it in the text of the Constitution, explicitly state it, it is not a guaranteed right under the under the Constitution. I just want to interject here, and I know we're talking about a whole different thing. If that's the case, and people are looking at everything the way that it's actually literally written and the amendments that's written to it, why does the Second Amendment hold up when it very specifically says a well-regulated militia? Like, Because they think they're a well-regulated militia. Huh. I mean, I think something that goes into it with, if we're adhering this closely to the strict laws, laws of the Constitution and what's put in place with that, then we're certainly not um, adhering to separation of church and state, which is, in fact, what our entire country base was based on, is the separation from the church. No, it wasn't. It was prudist people who didn't want to have sex. <laughs> okay. Well, anyways, <laughs> to seriously answer your question, or to comment on it, what I say, rather, in the same exact week, or in the few two weeks after this, uh, this terrible ruling, the Supreme Court also upheld that it was A-OK for a coach to kneel and pray on the field after a game, a high school football coach. So as far as really reading that text just for the, no, that's not what they're doing. Well, and that's one of those things I find. There's a fine line, and I am not a religious person. I don't, you know, hold any of those beliefs. But if someone personally wants to do that, that's fine. It's whatever. It's when you are forcing other people to participate in your religious activity is a problem. There's, there was another thing that also arose with this uh, kneeling on the court to pray or kneeling on the sideline to pray. There was also something else that was upheld that said that you can pray in schools and, and you can lead your classroom in prayer. And again, you know, going back to Rayanne, I don't... There, it just seems like this separation of church and state is just further and further out of grasp. One, I didn't see that, and I'm not sure that's correct. I, I think people are taking the implication. That, that's the that's the implication from it. I um, saw what he's talking about as well. Yeah. I did also. It's, it's, well, that, a lot of people that. have been talking about that will open the door for that, right? But it was that one case making that decision. Um, that being said, to what, going back to what Wayne said, and this is what I have a problem with, 
You think a sophomore high school football player doesn't feel compelled when his coach knees and prays on the fucking field, even if he doesn't believe in that religion, to sit there and kneel? Even if you're not saying, everyone gather up and pray today. No, he's using his power over him to, Yes, and that's where the problem lies. As someone who got detention in middle school for not standing for the the, the Pledge of Allegiance, I disagree with that fundamental attitude that kids aren't, capable of having their own opinions you see it all the time on facebook and social media all the time with valedictorians basing their speeches around anti-authoritarian and challenging the 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 whatever it is that they see wrong with their their system those are the exceptions not the rule i would say but go ahead Rand. oh well you know they've enacted this whole rule how you can the coaches you know we'll stick with that not the teachers how they can kneel and pray on the field how are these, you know, same people who are enacting this rule and the same people who are in support of this rule going to feel when it's a Muslim coach who kneels down on the field and wants to lead their players in a Muslim prayer instead of, you know, the typical Catholic prayer? They'll get very, very pissed off. Right, That's the exactly. That Instantly. Yeah. Instant arrangement. Yeah. So th- this is what I'm talking about. So with the abortion decision, we are opening the floodgates to all other kinds of major changes within our society that have to do with not just women. Or not just a certain group, but all kinds of people. Well, and what what's aggravating is that for so many of these people, they view it be as a good thing that this is, you know, abortion will now be illegal in many states. Because they don't understand that there are legitimate medical procedures that require abortion. Ectopic pregnancies are one. They aren't viable. It will most likely kill the mother. And the only solution to it is an abortion. Those are being covered in most states on, under their new abortion laws, that those are exceptions. But, yes, I hear what you're saying. Well, new abortion laws, current abortion laws are not covering that. But that's um, not what I was going to say with it, is that... So, I don't agree that, like, a clump of stem cells at six weeks is a baby. But I do understand the fundamental principle. If, if you think it's a baby, of course you're going to be furious that people are killing it but people who are having late-term abortions don't want them 99.9 percent of the time people who are having these late-term abortions are because the baby's already dead inside them or they're going to die because of it okay i'm you open that ball of wax and that can of worms and that other euphemisms that we can open but the the thing with this is where does life start where does life end but flip side is i'll tell you where it ends yeah well but at the end of the day we don't care for the living like there's such hypocrisy in this whole giant argument that you know we will protect a fetus that there is no genuine conception or sorry (laughs) there's no genuine uh idea conception yes of the idea of whether or not this has life, that there, there, it, it is not universally settled as to whether or not this is life. But here we are having this argument, and once it's born, honest to God, as a society across the globe, time and time again, we've shown that we don't care. We just don't. Well, yeah, America as a whole, they people who are. Pro-life are typically also for the cap- for capital punishment. They are pro-execution. You know, the, the child can be born, but if they commit a crime, go ahead and kill them. Or if you're born to poverty, 
you don't get rights. Oh, yeah. You don't. They don't want to. They don't want their tax dollars used to help you out. Yeah, I think that's. Um, so in the Supreme Court's ruling, apparently one of their decision points based on it was the fact that they are trying to counteract the population problem that we were having because a lot of people in especially my age group are not having children like we were before but we're acting like there aren't 200,000 kids in foster care who are getting no support no resources of any sort so of course they're you know what are they supposed to do you know I know absolutely and what the biggest problem well not, not the biggest problem one of the many problems I have with overtraining Roe v. Wade is a problem I have said time and time again with people and I've had this argument for probably 15-20 years I am sick and tired of solutions that don't solve the problem, that just hide the issue. That's what most of these pro-life people, and by the way, I want to point out the fact that pro-life is a great marketing decision on the Republican side. Pro-life sounds very positive. It's brilliant. Yet still, 61% of Americans still supported the right to have an abortion, right, in the latest polls. The the idea that it's pro-choice versus pro-life Yeah, good marketing. And still, they can't win the majority of the votes for that. And so my biggest thing, I just want to finish what I was trying to say, is that they like to hide the problem. Fuck solving the problem. Fuck attacking the issue at its base, where the problem exists, what causes abortions, what leads to abortions, unwanted pregnancies. They just want to put a coat of whitewash over it, pretend like it doesn't right. exist, exist anymore, drive it back into the back alleys and go, look, we fixed it. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's my point of view on that is that I don't, want women to feel like abortion is the only solution there. That's the nuclear option. That's the last option that we should come to. There should be education well before that. The 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 whole push for a Christian sex ed where, you know, well if you just don't have sex, then you won't get pregnant. Yeah, it's fucking stupid. That don't work. <laughs> no. Yeah, and no, exactly what you're saying. Like if there was better funding for um, social programs that would support you know, these, these young mothers, who unexpected pregnancies, if there was better sex education in school, because I, we don't live in Ohio, in like, um, in a, like, more conservative state as we would in the South, but still our sex ed was bare minimum at best in my high school, and, but if there was better funding for those programs, it would reduce it greatly. Oh, yeah. In general. Well, and you, you look at Colorado, who made it, basically made it so that girls who were, like, 14 and up could get an IUD without their parents' approval, and their abortion rates plummeted. Yeah, like it solves the solution. Almost problem. completely out the window, other than for medical procedures. Yeah, the the idea that this and this is another idea that that boils out of Roe v. is that it will lead to contraceptives being on the chopping block and that the Supreme Court will actually look at this as a possibility. And this came directly from Thomas as a, yeah. as a part of his, his consent to the agreement or and to the, the conveniently thing. left out interracial marriage, which was a, yeah, yeah. Real, yeah. And real that will very likely be there. But I guess the, the whole idea, well, no, it won't cause he's black and he's a white wife. Well, it will not be on the chopping block. It, it, I'm sorry. I don't, I, it goes counterintuitive to, the idea that this is a conservative issue is wrong because a lot of conservatives have abortions just like a lot of liberals. It, it is across the board. It's of course, it's, it's, of course it's counterintuitive. It doesn't apply to them. That's the way it was. All those people that were pro-pro-life, right, all these times in the, in the 90s and the 80s, those ministers, the minute they had an unwanted pregnancy from some mistress, suddenly it was A-OK. Yeah, the, and then that's what I was gonna say. It was like, what did the what are these men saying when that when this nineteen year old they've been they've been um, 
sleeping with on the side tells him that you know she's pregnant. Where's the Where's the pro-life mandate on that one? I said yippee, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> well, it's going to lead to more homicides. <laughs> and that's the dark truth of it is that we are going and to see... domestic violence. Yeah, overall. we are going to see a rise in suicides in young women. We are going to see a rise in homicides in young women. Because it's, it, it's like you are pulling from history. Like, we have some kind of right? historical evidence it's, from this. It's weird. Yeah, and with... Um, with the, this lack of access to um, safe abortions and stuff, something's going to happen is these Planned Parenthoods that people are protesting. But 90% of the services that Planned Parenthood offers is birth control and prenatal health yeah. and sexual it's health. It's not abortion general, related. How about education? Go- exactly. They do a lot of fucking education. Which, what they do prevents pregnancies and prevents abortions. And if cutting, the, cutting them out is only going to lead to more pregnancies and more abortions if you can't access... That, that right, or I guess the right subjective at this point, but if you can't access that. Yeah. Here's the thing. I think another thing that really pisses me off has been a characterization pro-lifers have thrown at pro-choice people for the last 40 years has been that somehow pro-choice people like abortion. Most pro-choice people don't love abortion. We don't love the idea of it, but we're like, look, it needs to be safe. It needs to be legal because there are not other great options out there. Well, people were having abortions before anyways. They were just dying from them. And they were at about the same rate. You look at the statistics, and we don't have exact numbers because it was illegal, right? But it was about the same number of people were having abortions before Roe v. Wade as after. It was a slight uptick, but it wasn't crazy. Right. Well, and and to the point that you made and to the point Rayanne made earlier where, like, late-term abortions, very rarely was that a, like, well, I've just decided I don't want it. It was a, oh... I just found out from, you know, the ultrasound, uh, the, the ultrasound, ultrasound that, that the baby is actually inside out stomach or pictures. has, you know, organs and whatnot that, it, and then the baby, when it is born is going to die. So it is the more, you know, moral ethical decision. But realistically, most, I, th- I believe it was somewhere around like 77% of abortions are done before 20 weeks. That sounds about right. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but that does sound very right. Yeah, and something with that, with the late-term abortions, is sometimes it's not even about the baby dying. It's about that the baby is dying, and also you will die if you carry right. this baby for more, because you're going to turn septic in two weeks. You have a you have a dead organism inside of you, and you're going to turn septic, and you're going to be in the hospital, and you're going to be dying. So we've talked a lot about different facts, like sincere facts. Um We've also discussed on several episodes previously that facts really don't necessarily matter so much as feelings. And mm-hmm. this is absolutely a decision made by feelings, not facts. People will have abortions, period. Now, the question is whether or not we should make it safe. That's the logical approach to this. Yeah. And there's several other logical questions that you could ask, but at the end of the day, that's one of them and I I guess I just I'm left dumbfounded that we continually ignore facts and statistics and we're here and you're right that it is almost this ruling is almost entirely based on on feeling alone because you know who has a really good argument the people who say that babies are dying because that is really convincing you know if you really believe that like it's hard to argue against fact oh well you're killing babies of course you shouldn't do that you know, that's a hard argument to disagree with, you know, fundamentally. 
And obviously that's not exactly what's happening. And when that is what's happening, that's not like a desired outcome. You know, yeah, I want to talk about something real quick that's kind of personal with me. Um, Before having my son and before finding out we were pregnant, right, I was very much 100% hardcore. I'm still still hardcore pro-choice. I'm saying, though, I had no qualms at all with it, right? Not even a little bit, no no questions, no whatever. Um, But once I had my son seeing my child... I can't help but visualize, right, and go, well, this thing will grow up to be a person. That being said, I still 100% believe that it needs to be a person's choice, it needs to be an individual decision, and I think that it is absolutely necessary in many, many cases. Um, But it did give me a little bit of, like, I won't want to say pause, but just a moment of of thinking about it going, like, maybe sad almost, like very sad. Well, I think that's all based on current active perceptions because if you hadn't have had that baby, you would not be having these same thought patterns. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't have had the experience. It's all based on perception. It is. You're right. I think there's there's an optimism that is lacking a lot of times, and sometimes it lacks in, in our discussions here on the podcast. But, you know, there's the potential for every fetus every clump of cells to become a person be something absolutely incredible there's also the possibility of it being a cancerous tumor that kills the mother there's also the possibility that it actually is birthed and grows up to be someone great but also the possibility that it's someone mediocre or at worst someone that is absolutely horrible that what you're talking about is this notion that because of your personal experience and your son, who is absolutely phenomenal. And, he's and okay. I, like, he really is. Like, he's, he's an incredible three-year-old, and I love him. But not every child will be given the same opportunities that he is. Not every oh, child. Yeah. And I'm not saying that you only bring children into this world if, they're, if they have a, a good opportunity. Because struggle is and str- struggle and strife, you know, are kind of the bedrock of art and and real character builders. Experience. They kind of are. I'm sorry, but they kind of are. So I don't think that you have to have a. I, I don't think that it's a class right here no, to have children. It's not. And and I hope to God we never cross that boundary. But I I don't know I. I um. Well, to, to add on to your your discussion of like not every not every fetus that is aborted is was bound for greatness, is that a lot of people that are that are falling to that option are on hard times. They don't have the means to take care of a child, so it's not necessarily going to have a fantastic life. I don't. I'm gonna challenge you on that because I don't know statistical income levels on on abortions i don't know if it's more lower k or lower income versus higher income predominantly lower income predominantly okay undeniably um because when you see that with people don't have abortions for fun they have abortions because they do not feel like there is another option or they do not feel like they can in any way shape or form realistically raise that baby no one thinks that, like, oh, well, you know, that's just, oh, I don't feel like doing this this Tuesday, you know. 
no one has abortions for fun. They feel like they have an abortion because they feel like they have absolutely no other choice in the situation. Right. But that's the picture that, that right. is painted yeah. of it. And here's the thing. When I was saying that, all I mean is that basically it gave me an appreciation for the tragedy of the situation. That's what I'm trying to talk about, right? That abortion is that tragic, using but it's necessary. As it, describing it as a tragic situation is not an inherently helpful situation to people who are in that that's fair. environment because what that's going to do is just drag it down and put it in a situation no one no one wants to have an abortion there does not need to be more negative environments put around it i will throw something most people don't want to have an abortion i, I will say uh, this no i think that the one we'll say one percent out of ninety percent yeah yeah that it's no one thinks that an abortion is for fun most, i'd like no, to, most people don't I'd most like people to aren't know, serial killers Right, right. Nobody yes. thinks that this is something fun. I have, it's an incredibly invasive procedure. I have an, anecdotal, anecdotal evidence only for that. Just having worked at an abortion clinic, having been there. Um, first of all, you'd be surprised at the range range. I was assuming assumptions to be mostly younger women, right? Women in their 30s and 40s because they're entering whatever also for those reasons of like, it's a chance you could have deformity, this, that, and the other. Um, but there were a few, and they might have just been trying to egg on the protesters, but they were gleefully happy and were at least put on a performance for the protesters of like, I'm happy I'm killing this baby. Fuck you. You know? And so I would I'm say gonna, some people maybe, maybe cavalier at maybe times. Maybe use the term them. relieved. Maybe they were yes. relieved to know that, thank God, they had it out to the situation that they could not handle. Versus, I mean, she was dancing, smiling, laughing and saying, I'm glad I'm going to do another one next week. But that's, it was two of them like that. Two out of how many, though? I'm talking about you get psychos among any well, people. Well, you're saying two out of how many, but you're still using it as a scientific example. I'm not. I'm not using it. I, I, I literally scientific's said, not the right word. I said but. anecdotal, meaning that it's not representative of an actual sample. And that it's absolutely, I, you know experience. me. I have an absolute problem with anyone saying any, all of any one group. And it's a stupid pet peeve of mine. Um, just saying, like, all cops are bastards. They're, that's factually incorrect. There are, I'm sure, a few that aren't, okay? That's all I'm saying is that there are a few people that are psychopaths, and they are using it as a form of just birth control because whatever. That's not the reality of 99.99% of people. Most people, you're right, it's a traumatic experience. It's not something they want to do. They don't want to be there. It's because they don't feel like they can handle it. They don't feel like it's the right time in their life for that. They made a mistake and, and got pregnant. Whoopsie, you know, I don't know. I'm going to follow this line of thought, and we talked about this a little bit with the, the Supreme Court and, and what precedence this can have. So if they do actually go after uh, contraception and, and this, this idea... I really do think, and I made a joke of it, and I kind of brought it up inadvertently before, of class sex. Like, this idea that you don't have a right to have sex unless you are willing to face the repercussions and, and have financial capabilities to raise a child and own a child. And, and if, <laughs> if it's not okay to have an abortion... And that's a whole different argument. And it's not okay to have contraceptive to prevent you from it. You are effectively saying you can't have sex as a human being unless you are ready to have a child. That's like, what they is want. that okay? That's what they want. Well, you know, and they're they're forcing these births on these births on these women and saying that you don't have another choice. 
And then when these women are forced to have these children and they have these children and then they go and they ask for welfare and then they're called welfare whores all day long because, oh, well, you're a suck on the system. These single moms raising, why'd you have so many kids if you can't afford them? How come you, what do you, what do you mean you need that many food stamps? Why'd you have all these kids if you can't, if you can't take care of them? Because what other option was there? Right. Well, and Aaron, to your point, this definitely becomes a like class issue because here's the thing abortions in states you're in are expensive but something that most people could afford when you have to factor in the idea of oh well now you have to travel out of state you'll have to be there for a few days you have to factor all these issues in it's not a abortion is now a problem for everybody it's a abortion is only a problem for poor people yeah and i've actually seen this argument being put put up online of like well if you don't want to get pregnant don't have sex and it's like so now you're saying sex just sex is a class right you have to be rich enough to be able to take care of a baby and want a baby in order to even have sex that's or to wayne's point have have available options to get out of state and pay for an abortion to happen where it's actually legal yeah well, you know, and something I think with the, like, you have to, um, with the right to have sex, something that I feel like happens a lot, a lot, a lot, especially with people my age, is that a lot of these men my age who are not necessarily, maybe not necessarily against, but not in support of abortion, are the same men who are pushing and say, no, I don't want to wear a condom, it hurts, and stuff oh, yeah. like that, but they're not going to, they're not going to do anything when it comes to the fact that you need to drive to Oregon to get an, ab- an abortion. No, no, absolutely, and here's the thing, and this is the one part of... If I can find any argument I ever even remotely 100, like even like 1% agree with, with a conservative is, I do don't, I don't like irresponsibility on the part of the guys who refuse to wear contraception. I, I hate it. it I don't think me, that's a conservative argument. No, no, it, that's it just, a logical no, no, fucking they're argument. They're all about, they're also a personal responsibility. Yeah. You have to be personal. That's why, that's why they don't want to, uh, they don't want to because it's, it's a I don't care baby where you are on the but, spectrum. Personal accountability is a good thing. Okay. Okay, okay, whatever you say, Ayn Rand. But all I'm trying to say is that at the end of the day, I find it so irritating to see these guys. I know someone personally, right? And this is this is the place where I don't agree with, like, I don't agree with maybe there are other options. If you go seek an abortion because you're being horribly irresponsible and then you get pregnant and then you're like, oh, I'll just have an abortion. It's like, well, no, fuck you. You should have been more responsible. Don't let your skeevy boyfriend not wear a condom. And I don't think it should be on like, oh, the girl should be on birth control. No, because birth control fucks with your body. What if but they, the guy needs to wear a fucking condom. What if they make it everything illegal other than condoms? And then it's up to the guy. I'm just saying. You're underestimating the absolute manipulation and um, persuasion yeah. that goes into convincing a man convincing someone to that he can't wear a condom. You are, you're greatly underestimating okay, the conversation that. that goes into that as someone who's had sex with men. Yeah, well, you know, haven't we all? Um, <laughs> now, I'm not saying, here's the thing. 100%, you're right, okay? And I'm not blaming the woman for it. I'm not saying the woman, oh, fuck the woman, she's stupid, right? Yeah, but you've also never been in that situation no. by any stretch of the means of no. not maybe, well, I don't know, I don't know who you've had sex with, but with with a uterus that is capable of holding, of holding on to that fucking no, nut I that he you. puts into you. Yeah, no, I got you. I will put forward the argument that, you know, there's a lot of guys out there and seemingly a lot of guys who are lawmakers who want to actually put a stop to women contraceptives in particular. Like I saw a few different bills in different states that want to make IUDs illegal. And if it starts there, it, where the fuck does it end? And if it the only honest to God 
contraceptive available or condoms, you're absolutely right, Rayan. Like, people, it's what kind of a fucking system is it that men have all the power and they don't, they can convince you and make you feel bad for not putting on a condom? Well, and it's not even just, maybe, maybe they don't convince you, but there is an actual, like, population of men who will take it off after you've seen them put it on as well but i will say that i don't think i think plan b might be outlawed i don't think general birth control will i think that might be pushing it too far from them because they know that they've outlawed all these other options but i do think the plan b will be outlawed yeah here's the thing and all i was trying to say that i'm not counting the manipulation for men as far as the ones that take it off and that, that's not on anybody except for that guy right yeah a man takes dick. the condom off okay no, that's not. I'm talking about the person who, I guess, gives in. It's like, you're well, right. Well, you're, as, you've never been in that situation. And I'm I not know. saying that, I eat birth control like candy, first yeah. of all. But as you you've never you been should. in that situation. You it have, should be regulated. And that's also, that's how amount. it turns into rape. That's no, exactly how it turns into rape is, you, you oh, you guys no. are already naked. And you're like, oh, we'll put on your condom. And he's like, well, no, I'm not going to do that. And that's yeah. how that turns into that. Well, those guys are big pieces of shit. Well, can we yeah. agree on that? Yeah. Yes. No. 100%. <laughs> All right. Well, my my really only thing after the whole birth control thing is that vasectomies are reversible. Yeah, well, don't be wrong. They can don't, it's, they cannot it's not be. It's not 100%, by but, the way. And within about five years, it's no longer really any reversible right. at all. But yes. Though that being said, absolutely. And I, I've actually been arguing this one in general. It's like... That should be the first option, not a tubal ligation, which is a much more invasive procedure. Um, the man should just get a fucking vasectomy. It's not that big of a, big of a fucking deal. But freezing your sperm is absolutely something that right. can be done. Yeah, and sure. it's very, very viable. Like, the sperm that's frozen from you lasts basically your entire lifetime. So, yeah. there you go. Well, talking about the frozen sperm, something that'll supposedly happen is connected with this um, abortion overturn is that IVF is going to have a lot of complications because... A lot of what happens with IVF is they fertilize the sperm and the egg immediately and then, you know, freeze it and go through the implantation process. And if they were counting that fertilized egg and sperm as a life then, then that greatly complicates the process of IVF in general. Yeah, and, and something uh, I think I wanted to kind of point out there was when you're talking about um, this whole contraception thing and, you know, the fact that one of the stated goals that was mentioned earlier was that... Um, they wanted to counteract the low pregnancy rates of the newest generation of Americans, right? We're having lower people with pregnancy. Well, I think it's going to have a counterproductive actual influence because I have been seeing a lot of people running to their gynecologist for a fucking tubal ligation. They're going to have the opposite effect. Young women who don't want to get pregnant and now don't have another option are going to say, fine, I'll get my fucking tubes tied. I, quite honestly, I think you're going to see an, a drastic increase in vasectomies as well. I, oh, sure. I, I think it goes both ways here. I think you start limiting certain options and you're going to see an uptick in response of whatever available options still there are. Yeah, sure. Yoda. Well, and I was going to say what, what Aaron just said is that you're going to see just as much increase and I think the vasectomies we're already seeing that um, which is great because the vasectomies are not only is it less invasive, but it's a lot more accessible. From what I understand, obviously, I don't have a scrotum to know, you know, 
exactly how accessible it is, but it's much easier to convince your doctor to do that than it is to get a tubal ligation. I do have a scrotum, and I still have no idea how easily acceptable <laughs> it is. The, the other problem is that I, I see a lot of stories about how women have a, a difficult time getting that done because doctors a lot of times say, well, you're too young. You know, you, you mm-hmm. do you even have a husband? Is your husband yeah. on board husband, with this? You need your husband your, to sign a permission slip yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. There's a list going around, though, of people that will do it without any of that bullshit, which right. is sad it has to be that case. But I do want to say we're running a bit long, so I want to try to wrap up one more final thing, kind of like an idea. Where do we go from here? We haven't talked about that. What do we do now that... Supreme Court has taken that right away. We have not been codified into law. It has to be a federal law or a, a constitutional amendment. Our government needs to codify it into law. It, we need to stop relying on on nine people to a basically six. get. Sorry, to, but we're well, it's six. But nine, but, as the Supreme Court then yeah. makes these decisions. Yeah, we need to stop relying on it's such a small amount of people to represent. What, 384 million? People we don't elect as well. People right. that are appointed. The, the American population has little to no say on who these people we are We don't have well. little. We have no say. <laughs> I will say this, and this is one thing I've brought up with Mr. Jenkins before, actually. Um, Mr. Jenkins? I'm a little bit hesitant on that train of thought. Uh, the whole, like, fuck the Supreme Court idea. Don't be wrong. We do need to codify it into law because it's the only way to make sure it's actually a guaranteed right. And they've already stated there's nothing in the Constitution that says anything about it. So if we make a law, a federal law, guess what? It's constitutional, right? Doesn't have to be an amendment to the Constitution. We can do it with 50 votes without the filibuster. But all I've said is that liberals right now are very pissed off. Progressives are very pissed off because the Supreme Court fucked us over, right? However... One of the only reasons why this right existed for the whole country for 50 years is, guess what? Nine people decided in 1973 that it was a right. The same reason why nine people decided in 1954 that kids had to be able to go to school, whether you were black or white, together. The Supreme Court has actually been an instrument at times, many times throughout our history, for social change when the country wasn't, quote, ready for it. So, (laughs) It just fucked us this time. It did. It, well, it fucked because we're progressive, three... progressive ideals this yes. time. So I, I would argue two different things that need to be done now. One, jokingly, which is burn it all down and laugh. Um, the second thing, which is much more realistic, although probably not a grand scheme of things, term limits. Put term limits on Supreme Judges. Just like basically, yeah. um, in fact, every other no. fucking... No, the Senate, the House do not have term limits. They've talked about it at various times. The only well, thing ha- the only thing has term limits is be- is the presidency and governorships in certain states, yeah. and that's because FDR was like, "I'm not leaving." I'm not even going to say that the Supreme Court should be an elected, uh, an elected. That adds a whole other. It really does. Yeah. I don't think I legitimately do, and and I really do hate to say this. I don't think that the American public is smart enough to elect nine individuals who will run the absolute highest court of authority in our country. What I do think is that you have uh, you have limits on how long they can serve. Yeah, one of the things you run into in certain states have elected uh, Supreme Court justices, we do as well, is you do not want to make your judges politicians. Um, the One of the reasons why, and here's the thing, the Supreme Court has had a conservative majority since 1980, I think, somewhere around that time, 1980-something, um, early in the 80s. Four... 80, 90, like 30, 40 years, okay? They had a conservative majority. It was only when they got a supermajority of 
the newest branch of ultra-conservative judges, right, who don't care as much about the Constitution, did they actually overturn Roe. A Supreme Court, a conservative Supreme Court, upheld Roe for 40 years and kept it a right. So it's not even like you have to have a liberal court when this happened because they look at the law, and as long as you don't have an ultra-conservative or a ultra uh, a, a, a stacked court, a stacked court, right, in one way or the other, usually they come out with rulings that are fairly in the middle or just. Well, I think something has to be said with, you're saying they're ultra-conservative now before they were just regular, you know, They were just regular conservatives um, that hated I abortion. I think that typically a regular conservative conservative man is able to utilize or acknowledge where he could in fact utilize abortion in his life yeah. and you know acknowledge the fact that the elimination of it as a whole is not and, and i think what a lot of times and also i think that the push to overturn something like this as well has changed with the rise of the ultra conservative people coming in to power and stuff like that that push has gotten a lot stronger than it was before the pro-life well, people the, have always existed. The voice has gotten stronger. I don't know that yeah. the push Exactly. Yeah, you're right. The, the voice has gotten louder. There are a lot. I think it's mostly, if I'm being honest, not even about policy positions, because I think did Rehnquist and did Sarah, uh, Sinead O'Connor, not Sinead O'Connor, <laughs> Sandra Day O'Connor, and the various other conservative justices throughout the year, Scalia, right? They all hate abortion. Yeah, right? The problem was there were enough moderate conservatives on the court they did not want to overturn the precedent of it or so they're like they i don't also, like abortion personally but i don't want to fuck up the precedent was there also the idea that they actually valued the opinion of the majority of people in this country yeah well maybe possibly um but at the end of the day we're sitting in a place where we need a federal law biden said he's open to them eliminating the filibuster to do it the problem is mansion won't do it cinema won't do it so it won't happen the democrats would probably need to gain three to four seats to make that happen guess what's not going to happen next election cycle that, biden's approval exactly ratings are that. at 38 percent it's a midterm election he's not going to get pick he if they're lucky they'll hold the senate and they're going to lose the house almost certainly democrats are going to lose the house representatives it's so gerrymandered and Approval ratings are so low right now. I would not be surprised to see that in any stretch of the imagination. Senate, we'll see. It depends on how certain races turn out. So we're looking at a situation where for the next at least five to ten years, it's going to be a state-by-state -state thing. Conservative swell. Yeah. Well, we've had a conservative swell since the 80s. Thank you, Reagan. You know? Um, but I don't know. That's where we're sitting at. I think it's probably the place where we probably need to go ahead and wrap it up for the day. We're running about an hour at this point. Um, so as I do every single week, I want to go ahead and say thank you for listening to Was I Drunk? You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Was I Drunk SP. That's at Was I Drunk SP. And if you would feel so inclined, please share uh, our podcast with a friend or a family member. Probably not a right-wing family member. They probably won't really get into it. Um, but leave a comment for a suggestion for a future episode and bottoms up.